Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today. Friday, Blue Friday. You can't tell, but this is my Seahawks jersey. You can see the NFL, I guess. And over here, no, this side says Seahawks. This is Russell Wilson's number. I'm getting myself all decked out because on Sunday we begin the full season and the Seahawks will be playing the Indianapolis Colts. We've lost to them before, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out this year. And uh, anyway, so welcome to all of you who are showing up. Good morning, Tom. It's good to see you out there so early in the morning, early for Tom. And hopefully the rest of you, as you begin to join us, are all having a great day and looking forward to a wonderful weekend. The weekend itself um, is not a bad one. It feels very um, quiet, but it also feels like it's quiet, but maybe not for some people on the inner planes, right? So quiet is in, we don't have any major aspects occurring that are going to shake up the planet or, uh, well, there's always that possibility, um, but there's nothing big and major that's happening except for today when we have Venus, the planet of financial abundance, the planet of relationships, the planet of love, um, moving out of the sign of Libra where she's been for the last several weeks and now into the sign of Scorpio. And this is happening in tandem with the moon in Scorpio for today, tomorrow, and uh, a good part of Sunday. So we have a lot of scorpionic energy that is available to us. And that means you'll want to look to wherever Scorpio is in your astrology chart. And then you can get an idea of what house or what area of your life is going to be affected by the move of Venus into Scorpio and as well as the moon in Scorpio. So we're going to take a, a bit of a deep dive this morning into the sign of Scorpio and its rulers, Mars and Pluto. And then if we have time today, I will do a couple of, of card readings toward the end of the broadcast. And remember, I do not have Asa with me in the mornings anymore. So please don't start typing anything about wanting a reading until I ask you to toward the end, because I won't have the ability to, to note who wanted a reading. Okay. So good morning to Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel and Vanita and Amanda J. Mimi, good morning. Michelle, good, good morning. You and Tom, usually my later sleepers, so it's good to see you. And I know, Michelle, you're up and about because school has started for the kids, right? So you must be out getting Joss to school. And it's great to see you. It's great to have you join us. And uh, let's dive in, shall we? So here's the plan this morning. We're going to go take a look at the uh, sign of Scorpio with the moon, right? We're going to look through the lens of the moon. Then I'm going to transition over to astro design where we can then take a look at the gates that the moon will be transiting through, what gates the sun and the earth are in. And then we also have movement through the planet Jupiter and Saturn into new gates in your human design. So there's a lot going on in our human design, which is to say that there's a lot going on on our internal planes and in the collective that we want to be concerned about. And if we have a chance to today, I don't know if we will or not. I want to talk more about the nodes shift from last week. Have they moved out of the 16.9 and into the uh, 34.20? So, or the 20.34. 
So if I don't get to that today, though, we have time because that one is a three-month transit and uh, we'll have some time to take a look at that. But the reason I feel like that's an important thing for us to really look at is because if you'll remember in human design in the year 2027, which is literally only about five and a half years from now, we're going to have a major shift in the uh, emphasis of our human design, a shift that hasn't occurred for 400 years and or so and this shift will be to a, a new incarnation cross that will sort of be in the background um, ruling the evolution and involution on the planet so if you're wondering what an incarnation cross if you've not heard that term before it is the combination of the sun and earth from your soul purpose and the sun and earth from your life purpose so the two columns of numbers the black column is your soul purpose the red column is your life purpose, and we're talking human design now. And how those come together is called your incarnation cross. And it points to about, about 70% of who you're here to be. So if you really wanted to take a deeper dive into your human design, just use the, the placement of the sun and the earth in uh, both the life purpose and the soul purpose, and you'll get a pretty good idea of who you are and who you are meant to be in relationship and how your life will unfold over the course of time. Of course, there are other parts in the board that also, you know, define things and make things get, you know, like the, the, the main lenses are the incarnation cross, but then we can refine those lenses and we can dial in the view till we get a, a more crystallized vision of what it is that you're here to do and who it is that you're here to be. Um, but that is the bigger conversation, right? So the incarnation cross, as we move into 2027, shifts to the sleeping phoenix from the cross of uh, administration and uh, agreements. So the, the cross that we've been on for 400 years has really taken us into the positions that we are in on the planet right now. And that's a deeper, longer discussion, but it's worthwhile to discuss. And now that the nodes have shifted into the 2034, it gives us sort of a taste test, if you will, of what is to come as we move into the cross of the Sleeping Phoenix, which really emphasizes sustainability, abundance, and uh, emotional, um, let's call it emotional IQ, emotional IQ, emotional responsibility. So that's a great discussion and maybe even something that we'll have to devote an entire show to uh, because it's so important and profound. Now, if we go back to what we have for the weekend, today we start with the moon in Scorpio, literally late in the evening last night or early in the morning for those of you on the East Coast, the moon shifted into the sign of Scorpio. Now, Scorpio is a sign ruled by Mars and Pluto. So this is not a shrinking violet kind of sign. This is a sign that is the embodiment of power and of action and often has a, a level of intensity around it that people notice, right? Scorpios are not usually unnoticeable. So with the moon moving in here with Scorpio as a water sign, we have the potential for the higher expression of emotional energy. So some of us may feel more emotional. Some of us may go more internal as Scorpio is not necessarily a gushy, expressive emotional sign, but more one of deep feeling and holding on to emotional energy. 
So one of the big lessons of Scorpio energy is about how to release emotion and how to do that in a healthy and uh, versatile way so that we aren't uh, vomiting, if you will, our emotions onto other people or reacting to everything that is happening in our outer world. And there's a certain level of mysteriousness that comes with the sign. Uh, and with Venus, the next piece of uh, the inner planets moving into Scorpio today, later on in the day, we have um, allure added to this and more of that sexual energy that comes to the surface for us to express and to work with. But it isn't just about the act of sex when we're talking Scorpio. It's about the level of intimacy and bonding that we can bring to that experience as being humans. So we have a lot to unpack in terms of uh, Scorpio energy. Now, in your own personal chart, Scorpio is uh, one that looks like an M with a tail, right? With a tail that looks like an arrow, kind of representing the scorpion's tail. And whatever house that that uh, sign is sitting at is where the action is taking place in your personal chart, right? In your personal chart. When I look at the chart of the day that I pulled this morning, um, it's in the third house of the chart. So for the, this community, let's say, or this area of the country, the third house is where the Scorpio energy is sitting. And at the time I drew the chart this morning, that was at four degrees of Scorpio. So very early in the experience. So in the first gate, if you will, of that Scorpio energy. Now, so in that particular house, then in this area of your life, the theme is about power and empowerment. So if you take a look at where Scorpio is in your life, it might be a place where you have hidden power uh, or where you have suffered at the hands of others in becoming disempowered. So depending on the house and the, the way that it works and other planets that you have around it, you may have had issues in your life around power and how power plays out or how other people try to take your power or how you've manipulated others to take their power. Now, I'm hoping that isn't the case for most of you. I mean, I think most of you that come to the morning show here are pretty aware of uh, Scorpio's power. But there's also secrets here. This is a sign that can be very secretive. In other words, it holds close to its vest the information or its feelings or its motivations for doing things. And so that secretiveness is coming from a place of holding, right? They hold on to um, their power. And in this case, then at times when planets are moving through the sign, secrets suddenly get exposed, right? It's like they come up to the surface and in some way get out into the world or come up into your consciousness. So secrets, right? What have you been holding secret from yourself? What aha moments might you be having as the sun is now moved into the gate 47, which is on the Ajna, the second center down in your human design, which is a gate of epiphany or revelation. So together, the sun and uh, the moon and ultimately Venus later in the day uh, might be helping us to bring up the potential for some stellar breakthroughs, some stellar revelations, right? What is it that we've been hiding from or what has been hidden from us that we now want to bring up, expose to the light, 
and be able to move through or heal or let go of whichever is the case for you. Now, I also know that this is a sign that takes us into politics and psychology and into the depth of those particular subjects. And there is charisma here. And it is the charisma of the people in this sign or of the, um, the people that express scorpionic energy that draws us in initially and then you know if their intentions are of the highest and best we find ourselves in an ability to transform right to be transformed if they are more of the manipulative sort then we find ourselves caught in a spider's web if you will of things that we have to untangle from ourselves so it can be a tricky placement for both the moon and for venus as it really affects our relationships and how it is that we bond or break bonds with one another. This is also a sign of transcendence. So in its highest level, it is a sign that can change, that can transform by letting go of the old or the worn out or the no longer useful. And that might be about emotions that you're holding on to. It might be about grievances that you're holding on to. It could be about people in your life and the experiences that you've had with those people in relationship that you're holding on to tightly. And then you've woven this story around that experience. And that story then, if it's a positive story, no problem, right? It leads you to transform and to become re-empowered. But if you're holding a negative story and you keep telling the story of what happened in a way that takes you down as opposed to up, then it's um, something that is holding on. It's something that we would call baggage. It is time to let that baggage go, right? We all have stories somewhere and we all have stories that we hold on to and that we retell forgetting that there's power in the retelling of the story. It's almost like we re-energize it every time we retell it. So it kind of goes hand in hand with some of the other energies that we've been talking about, about changing the narrative, right? Changing the things that we're thinking about and the words that we're saying to reflect a higher consciousness or a more quantum level of thinking and behaving in the world. There's also forgiveness here. And forgiveness is two-way, right? Sometimes it's about having to forgive someone else and other times or even in the same time, it's about forgiving yourself, right? Letting go of the judgment that we have on ourselves or on others or on situations that happened. So again, we're back to the letting go energy here in Scorpio. Now, Scorpio is also a sign of all the signs that handles crisis really well. They can create crisis, but they can also handle crisis very well. And crisis in this case isn't just about the things that happen in the world, the traumas and the dramas, although it can be. But there's also about the crisis that it can be developed when we take risks, right? When we risk getting out there in the world, doing something good for ourselves, but also if there there's risk, if we choose to enact a, a power play in some respects, a manipulation play with others. So the, the crisis energy here could be self-generated or it could be the cool, calm facade that we use to help deal with other crises when our family or friends or our community, uh, our tribe are experiencing some kind of crisis. So cool and calm and responsive as opposed to crazy and active and uh, reactionary. 
So then as well, there is also the obsessive compulsive disorders that can come through uh, Scorpio energy. So taking a look at where is it that you might be experiencing obsession or where you have a compulsive nature and what's that about, right? And how can we, how can you release yourself from that? But there's also strength in this sign, the strength of knowing yourself. Remember, this is a sign that has three levels. It has the scorpionic level when it's unconscious or in its shadow or fear self. Then its gift level, if you will, would be the eagle, the ability to rise above, to see from a broader perspective and take action in response to what's required or needed, uh, necessary at the moment. And then uh, and the end is the, the phoenix, the total transformational energy of, of dying to one way of being and opening up to another way of being. So all of that embodied in these next few days, next few weeks, while we are in this powerful Scorpio time. Now, in the highest, Scorpio is about self-mastery. So self-mastery means that looking into our own self to see where we have developed a good versus evil sort of um, uh, attitude, where our, our lens maybe is a better word, that we're seeing the world through. So if we are trying to categorize everything as good or evil, then we're not using the power of transformation in a positive way. We're categorizing, right? We're, we're participating in separation or division as opposed to unity or oneness. So we have to take a look at that in our own selves. And that's part of self-mastery, mastering our concept of duality and separation so that we can create oneness and become our individualized self within the tapestry of life in general or of humanity. There's also um, the energy of commitment here and strength. This is one of the signs that I always think of in terms of the ability to stay the course. It is a fixed sign. And of course, what fixed means in uh, astrology is that it has loyalty, it has tenacity, it has staying power. And it ha you could you know use that word stubborn or determined or um, uh, tenacious, I guess, the best of those words, the, the commitment and the strength to stay with a cause or to stay on a course to its logical end. So self-mastery includes being able then to say yes to the right things, because if we're saying yes to the wrong things, then we're committing our energy erroneously. And in that case, sometimes we end up depleted instead of empowered, right? So watching that. It is a sign of bonding and bonding with soulmates, bonding sexually, bonding intimately with one another or with your partners or in relationship. Here's where we embody the deepest emotional con con connections or contacts that we have. So we have that deep emotional connection. And that means that there's also a kind of vulnerability here because we're sharing of ourselves on an intimate level or in a very tender and deep way that we become vulnerable to criticism or we can become vulnerable to other people's concepts of who they think we should be or how we should go about our lives. So it takes strength, it takes commitment to hold on to your own self in the bonding process but also risking in some way, being vulnerable with others, sharing of yourself in that deeply emotional way. Now in the astrology, the natural astrology wheel, 
The natural wheel starts with Aries on the rise or at the nine o'clock position and moves around counterclockwise through all of the different houses. When we get to Scorpio, it rules the eighth house of the astrology chart or of the wheel. And the eighth house is a financial house, but it's a financial house about where we share our abundance or where we share prosperity or our wealth or our money with others. So it's sort of the uh, OPM, other people's money house. It is where we have loans, where we have debt, where we have credit, where we have taxes and grants and where we have wills or inheritances and contracts and business especially are located in our eighth house. So when Scorpio is activated, it gives us all a great op opportunity to look at those things that we share with other people financially. What financial partnerships have you created? What financial partnerships must you release, right? Is there something more in your credit history that you can work with? Or is there, you know, take a, a take a look at your, your budgets, your financial picture, and it's a great time to enact healing in the financial realm. We'll also see uh, possibly things popping up in the financial realm, the stock market. I noticed cryptocurrencies took a big hit this morning. And uh, that's not surprising when we get into uh, Scorpio energy, because a course correction occurs during this period of time, things transform. So I'm not surprised, but this isn't something to be fearful of. This is something to empower yourself with, get a get a grip on what's where the winds are blowing and what's the correct next step for you financially. Now, of course, we always have the more negative aspects that we want to look at. Or do we really want to? No, but we must, right? We must because the negative or lower frequency energies are with us no matter what. And to not look at them is to not heal them. To not look at them is to not work with them and to see them transformed. So we have to look at some of the more uh, uh, low frequency aspects here. And the low frequency aspect in Scorpio is about the misuse of power. The misuse of power can include revenge and jealousy and taking our very powerful and intense emotions and turning them outward onto others, using that scorpion stinger, either in an aggressive manner, which is possible because of Mars relationship there, or in a more passive aggressive, less visual um, way because of Pluto's connection there, right? Doing things that undermine instead of the things that write out hurt or harm. So we can have power struggles, right? Power struggles are a part of the misuse of power. Abandonment issues can come up or you may feel abandoned or in your past you've been abandoned and in some way something triggers that within you. Guilt, suspicion, also a part of the more negative aspects of scorpionic energy. In the uh, health correlation department, and notice I'm, I'm using the word health correlation now, because I don't want people to think that there's really a one-on-one -on -one relationship between the body and the sign. There's a correlation, right? There's a correlation because in the health of the body, in Scorpio, we're dealing with the uh, organs of elimination and the sexual organs. So we're talking the potential of effects on the colon or the bowel or your bladder, um, all of those organs that take toxins and waste out of the body. And so if you're experiencing changes in, in your bowels or your changes in your sexual activity, it's possibly traceable or correlated to planets that are transiting through the sign of Scorpio. 
And so then as well, we have the, in the feminine, we have the more, uh, the things around PMS or menstruation. In males, we might have the issues around uh, the their sex organ, the <laughs> all of those male things, right? So sexual diseases included in this, because this is such a sexual sign, a sign of bonding and bringing people together in that way, then we can also see that that is the effect in the physical body. So questions, comments, let's take a look if I can go backwards here a little bit. Uh, Christine, Scorpio, Moon, Square, Aquarius, Venus, yikes. No, not, no, not yikes, not yikes at all. You have two, you have two fixed signs there, right? One Aquarius is a fixed air sign, Scorpio fixed water. So what you have with the moon moving through whatever house that might be, um, and your Aquarius Venus is to elevate yourself to think outside of the box to see yourself in a new way, to turn everything upside down and look at it from a different perspective or a different point of view. So now because it's a square, of course, that might be a challenge because, you know, we get into a way of behaviors, right? We get into a, a way of thinking, uh, we get into a rut, and it's possible that this is going to upset the rut, right? The rut. So undo some of the things that you've always thought were true about yourself, maybe seeing yourself in a more empowered way. Amanda J, Scorpio Sun and Venus is moving into my seventh by transit. Venus is in the ninth in Capricorn natal. So a seventh house transit then is going to take a look at some of the more hidden aspects of yourself that play out in your relationships, right? The seventh house rules relationships. It is up opposite of the first house, the I am versus the we are. So if you can take a look at yourself through your relationships, what do you see, right? If you have successful relationships, then you're looking at the highest and best of who you are. If you have not so good relationships, you're also looking at maybe your shadow self and the things that need healing or the things that you hold judgments on. So it's all good. It's all good. Venus in the ninth house of Capricorn. So you're taking a bigger aspect, a bigger look at the wider world, at how to be in order in the world, right? How to stay in your own authority, even when you are in another relationship or in a relationship. Uh, Christine, seventh house Scorpio, right? So again, you're taking a look internally uh, at yourself, but through the lens of your relationships. And JLo says, well, actually, now I see why I can help her. She's been sleeping all day yesterday. I must have missed a comment. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. My daughter has had a really bad month for some reason. Or monthly for some reason. Yeah, likely that. Interesting, too, because I noted that for uh, last, last night, my husband's dreams, he has Venus on his second house in Scorpio. And his dreams last night were all about the bathroom and messes that people leave in the bathroom when they don't clean up after themselves. And, and he was telling me this dream and I was kind of chuckling because I knew that the moon had moved into Scorpio. So of course he's dealing with other people's, you know what, right? So, uh, but also by way of looking at that, uh, it takes him into where is his own baggage and where is his own, you know what? <laughs> so it works out. It works out well, either way you look at it. Um, okay, so now let's take a look at the um, astro design for uh, today. And this will also include a discussion about the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Saturn, 
and also a, a look then at the gates that the moon will be transiting through. So let me bring that shed that up first. There we go. Then I can share my screen. All right. So you guys all should be seeing the Scorpio moon astro design. The red lines here all represent the places that the moon will be transiting through today and through the weekend. And then I've labeled what the other, boy, those letters turned out really big. <laughs> those, those are where uh, the other planets are engaged. So let's take a look at the gates first that the moon will be transiting through. So at the moment, the moon is likely in the gate 50 which is on the spleen center. Note that there are three gates on the spleen center. And what do we know to be true about the spleen? It is the center of health. It is the center of time and intuition. And all of these gates lead us to survival or thriving. And as such, then these gates can also double down as fear gates in your human design. So we're looking first at the gate 50, which is called the gate of values. It is a a gate that sits in the tribal circuitry or in the sustainability circuitries, which are really, this gate here is about nurturing others or sharing with others of the tribe, likely children or friends and family uh, or your community, the values of the community. It's like laying down the laws or the values that we are going to live by. It is very feminine energy. This is the feminine energy of nurturing. So that's the first gate that the moon is coming through. Now, when this gate shows up in your design as this is a transit, so it means all of us now have this gate activated for the short time today, but we'll also have it activated later today with Venus moving into it for a little bit longer period of time. In fact, let's see how long Venus will be at that gate for you so you have an idea. Uh, Venus will be at the gate 54, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 days. So actually starting yesterday and moving through the 12th, so through Sunday. So we have a little bit of an extended period of time of her looking at or helping us look at nurturing in our charts, nurturing in our human design. And this is about becoming responsible for your own nurturing, right? It, you, it reminds me of the, um, the stewardess thing, right? If I can't, they tell you to put on your own oxygen mask first, and then help the people around you because if you can't breathe, you can't help anybody. So self-nurturing is a, a given because in order to be able to give out values and nurture those values through teaching, through feeding, through loving, you also have to be able to give that to yourself first. And the fear here, the fear in this gate is about uh, fearing that you may fail in your responsibility to your family, to your tribe, to your friends, your whoever it is, your children. And then it enacts an over smothering or an over um, nurturing. And it becomes a place in the chart then that takes away, at, it chips away at your vital energy, right? So we have to be in balance here with this gate, with the moon moving through here. Our values, great. We Are we living from our own values. If we're teaching a value to others, we must also be living that value or there's a mismatch energetically and it becomes a place that generates fear. It can be a place that also generates health issues because this is the sign, the, the excuse me, the, the energy center that rules our health, right? The health of the body, the physical immune system. 
Now, the next gate that the, the moon will move through and Venus later is purpose. And that is the gate 28. And the gate 28 is a beautiful gate. It is a gate that pushes us out to adventure in the world. It is a gate that looks for meaning, that is looking for what's it all about. And I'm going out in the world to experience. The fear in the gate here is about purposelessness, that there really isn't a purpose to life. There's not a purpose in my being. There isn't a purpose in the things that are happening or the experiences I've had. It's a very sad and lonely place, but it can also be a place that from that sense of purposelessness, purposelessness drives us out into the world to find our purpose. So the gate 28, we may all be grappling with what is our purpose? What's our design? Might be a great time to get yourself a human design reading to actually look at what is your purpose, right? And what can you find in that uh, human design that will support you living your purpose? And the gate 44 is the next one. That is the gate here moving outward toward the will center or the heart center. It is a gate called patterns. It's in the logic circuit, if you will, of your human design. It's a gate that recognizes patterns and how patterns repeat themselves and the ability to predict the future based on the pattern that we're seeing in the now. It does have a tendency, though. Its fear is that the past will repeat itself. So it holds on too tightly to the past. You can kind of see why this gate might be a Scorpio gate. And in this gate, then we have to learn to take the best from the past and join it to the now while preparing for the best of what comes in the future. But taking everything with us isn't possible, right? All of that, uh, all of the anger, all of the fear, all of that has to stay behind or it has to be healed or released in order for us to go forward. So that's the first three gates. The next gate we jump to is in the identity center. And here's where we get to creative energy. It's the gate of creativity, the gate one. The gate one is the most young energy of the human design chart. It's the most outward pushing energy. It's creativity that has gone through the cycle of the inward introspective um, womb part of the cycle and is now ready to push outward into the more demonstrative part of the cycle, taking creativity out into the world. But the gate one has that cycle still like very much like the emotional center where it has the inward incubation cycle, integration cycle, and then taking that creative energy, that creative juice, and then pushing it outward. And then that for however long it lasts, then it moves back inward. So the gate one is often a gate that can trigger melancholy. It can trigger that more internalized processing and then changes again and pushes back outward. Then later in the cycle, the gate 43, we jump to the Ajna. And the Ajna with the gate 43 is, the, is called the gate of breakthrough. This is a gate of people when it's activated that see things in a different way. It is part of the individual circuitry. And sometimes the people who have the gate 43 defined feel misunderstood or like nobody gets them. And nobody gets them because they're thinking on a different wavelength. They're, they're tied into uh, a, a different strand or a different uh, length, wavelength of energy. They can see things that other people can't see. Now, when it is 
um, spoken to others. So when the gate 43 begins to speak to others without the invitation to do so, they don't get heard, valued, or recognized for the input that they're sharing. So the gate 43, even though it's holding breakthrough energy, must wait for the invitation to speak that out into the world, lest people not understand them, uh, and then that, of course, then undermines their own uh, their their own worth and their own value. So 43 is one that we'll be working with later in the cycle, breakthrough energy. And then finally, we jump down to the sacral center, the sacral center and gate 14. Now, the 14 is an interesting gate because in the human design, it's the gate of prosperity in its highest expression in um in the jinkies, it's bountilessness, right? It has bounty in plenty. It has prosperity as a flow. Wealth is a word that holds on to uh, prosperity. It's a it's a word that holds on to resources. What we really want isn't wealth. We want flow. We want prosperity. We want that continuous renewal of wealth. I mean, that continuous renewal of flow flow of resources, abundance, right? So the 14 provides us with the sacral energy to be able to go out in the world to work, to do, to be our true and authentic selves and create prosperity through the field of doing what we love, right? Not just going out there and doing any old thing, although that's always possible, but doing what you love really causes that particular gate to bloom and that energy to begin flowing in a prosperous way. All right. Now, uh, let's also take a look at the gates for the sun and the earth this week. Now, the sun actually moved into the gate 47 on the 9th, so yesterday. And then it is in this particular gate through the 14th, so through Tuesday. Now the gate 14 or uh, the gate 47, excuse me, is up here on the Ajna and it moves upward to meet up with the head center. The, remember last week, the gate, the sun was at the gate 64 and the gate 64 could create confusion because there's this pressure to answer the question, how? And the antidote, if you will, to all of that confusion pressure was about waiting for the, for the aha moment, waiting for the revelation. So if you were able to wait for that revelation, it comes this week with the sun sitting at the gate of insight or the gate of revelation or epiphany. Epiphanies may be a better word. And in this, then we can see that if we are willing to wait and we are willing to hold space and get out of a, a, a fixed mindset to stay open minded, that then what can happen is the answer to our question is provided by the universe. The how is shown to us. The step-by-step, -step, the, the, um, the instruction manual shows up and guides us to how it is that we were meant to do something. And that might not have happened in the original download that you received from the universe because the manual, it wasn't the right time, right? Now it is. So the 47 is where the sun is. Now the earth, the earth is sitting at the gate 22, which is down here on the emotional center. Remember, earth always kind of is the challenge to rise to be able to meet the epiphany here in the sun. 
So in order to meet the epiphany in the sun, we have to recognize that this energy is moody. It comes and goes. It has highs and lows. We also have the planet Neptune sitting here. So Earth and Neptune this week are in a conjunction. So this energy of the gate 22 is about having the grace to wait for the right timing to express an idea or to express to people. So when the mood isn't correct, then what we have to say or share doesn't come out correctly. It doesn't get heard. It doesn't get valued. It just comes out wrong. It may sound like with a tone in our voice that we didn't intend. So the earth here also causing us to break a bit, break as in put your foot on the brake, slow things down a bit to wait for the grace, the graciousness of the right timing to express the emotion, to emote. And when the timing is right, this is the channel or the gate that creates the most beautiful, charming energy. It draws people in, right? It draws people in who have the vision, who can see and emotionally connect with whatever the idea was or whatever the expression was, the opportunity was. So we have a very powerful week then in terms of finding our path forward, finding that breakthrough moment or that insight, that epiphany, but it's going to be possibly one that happens in right timing and something that we can't force to happen, right? We just can't force it to happen. And it has a wave moment with it. It has that, that up and down energy associated with it. Now, two other powerful things are happening tomorrow, the 11th. September 11th, Jupiter changes gates and Saturn at the same time changes gates. So both of these planets are moving into new territory. But in reality, it's not new territory, is it? Because both planets are in retrograde. So these are gates that we visited earlier in the year. So Jupiter, let's take Jupiter first. It's the planet of reward and recognition. It is the planet of benefic um, opportunities generosity, magnanimity. It is a, a planet that is optimistic and takes a wider lens view of the world, of what's needed, of what's necessary. And Jupiter moving into the gate 49, which is the gate of revolution, right? The gate that takes us as into rebellious energy, that takes us into the field of possibilities when we let go of the past and we, and we break for the future, right? We, we just make a break, B-R-E-A-K now, to go into the future, that, that we do the things that are necessary in order to establish a new order, a new way of being, an um, alternate, an, um, an ascended point of view, right? A new emotional field of energy. This is on the emotional center. So it's very emotional, right? It has the energy of flowing in a wave. It is more of a wave that has um, uh, kind of a high and then a drop off energy. So we can be on this revolution and then we get dropped off into this new territory. Now we have to find our way back up and then it drops again. So the that Jupiter sitting here at the gate 49 is affording us the opportunity to see what more is possible when we embrace a future, when we can stop, you know, squib squabbling and fighting and, you know, buying into old energies and take a look at what more is possible in the future. And then Saturn, Saturn is usually the one that brings us constriction or contraction. 
And he's also been at this gate before early in the year. He was at the gate 41, which is the gate of imagination and fantasy. So Saturn has us focusing on um, what bringing something out of the imagination and into the real world. So Saturn says, you've got to build the form, the structure, the foundation in order to be able to build on something, right? So there we have it, Saturn now working on our imagination, on the level of our imagination to bring it into form, to bring our ideas or what's possible out of the idea realm and into the physical realm. So both of those planets making that change, bringing us a little bit, you might some, notice some things that are similar to what happened earlier in the year because of the energy that these two are bringing us in retrograde in this particular, these two particular gates. Uh, okay, so I'm going to stop sharing my screen now. Now, everything, of course, I just talked about in terms of Scorpio energy, the moon moving through those different gates is also about Venus moving through those gates. So Venus it will be in Scorpio until uh, October 7th. So we have a few weeks. I can't even believe we're talking about October. Oh, my gosh. And this is a really good, a really good time for us to take a look at our relationships and your relationships with one another in terms of family. Um, your significant others, you could even use your friendships, you could even use your co-workers um, or your colleagues, as well as your financial relationships, etc. And there's the potential that trouble is brewing here. And not to be negative or not to bring up the more negative energy, but it's how we learn and how we transform, right? We see what needs fixing or we see what's not working and we put the energy of transformation to work on it. And our relationship can be, our relationships can be challenged a bit because the, that Venus in Scorpio is going to square Saturn in Aquarius on the 13th. So on Monday, and when, um, uh, when we look at the energy of Saturn, it restricts or holds back. So we might be taking a look at where we are holding back parts of ourselves from our partners or from uh, where we're not all in, if you will, in our relationships. So the square can make us choose to commit more deeply or to get out of the relationships that we've been in. Then on September 19th, Venus is going to uh, square um, Uranus. And Uranus is the planet of chaos, awakening, of change, of things that happen in the blink of an eye that we don't expect. And uh, excuse me, this won't be a square, this will be an opposition. So we have the energy pulling apart, right? Venus and Scorpio and Uranus and Taurus. So these are pulling in different directions. Uh, both of these signs tend to hold on too long, right? These are fixed signs. So what do we have to do to step into our good? What do we have to do to step into a higher level of, of um, relationship with one another? The change might also affect subjects that we haven't wanted to cross into, the more taboo subjects, right, in our relationships. The things that we, you know, the trouble spots that we haven't wanted to look at are now able to be looked at and to bring spiritual awareness to them, right? At this point, later in the month of September, later in Venus's transit, there's going to be a trine to uh, Neptune. And Venus and Neptune both hold the energy of love. Neptune, higher love, unconditional love, and Venus, the more earthly human love. So we might be able to take and add spiritual awareness to our relationships 
to elevate them, right? To bring our relationships into the unconditionally loving field and out of the I'll love you if field, right? You play by my rules and I will love you. That's conditional. But if you want to raise your relationships up, then you have to become unconditionally loving. I'll love you no matter what. It doesn't mean I'm here to stay with you forever. It just means that I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you love. I'm not going to withhold love. I'm not going to insist that you do things my way in order for me to love you. Um, I'm going to rise this to the level of unconditional love. So it's quite the month with Venus hitting those outer planets. And uh, in a good way, I think. I think we have high potential here to transform uh, what's going on. Uh, okay, so J-Lo says, yes, I'm loving this. Kathleen Mallory, what great gates they are. Good morning, by the way, Kathleen. <laughs> Jolie Evans, good to see you. And she says, you're spot on. Amanda Uranus is in my first by transit sixth natal. So you're transforming your personal self in the context of the work that you do and the environment that you're in and the relative health of the environment and the body as an environment. So health focus. So you're empowering yourself. You're changing that field. And let's see other comments or questions. Mimi says, gate one makes me smile and is so spot on, describes my creative process to a T and is in my design column. Happy sigh. Indeed, Mimi, because it's in your, um, your life purpose side, right? You said, or a design column, it's your life purpose, your life purposes as a creator, a creative person. And that artistry and that creativity goes through that lower feeling energy to kind of cradle or incubate ideas that then come out in the next part of the cycle, which is the extrovert or the external um, vision of that creative energy. So it's perfect that you have that. Um, good morning, Kamal. It's great to see you. Um, Tom says, did you tell Terry about Yes. <laughs> but I didn't tell him that. I, I told him that last week when you and I talked about that, Tom. So I, I haven't really you know, said anything recently. But uh, anyway, it's too funny. Um, by the way, let me just say, if you are listening here to the video this morning or watching the broadcast, please hit the thumbs up button if you're enjoying the, co the commentary or the information. And if you have not yet done so, please subscribe to my channel. I appreciate that. Also, if you want to, please share with your friends, share on your social media, help spread the word and get more people tuning in for us here in the morning. Uh, now, let me do a couple of card readings. Debbie, you must have been anticipating that I was going to that next. Um, we have about nine minutes, 10 minutes to do a couple of readings. So Debbie, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get the galactic cards out if I can grab them. And I'm going to get the spirit animals. And the seven energies, Oracle for the seven energies. Debbie, the reason I pulled the Galactic Heritage cards, um, this is the deck by uh, Lissa Royal Holt. It takes us into the Galactic Zone, if you will. And uh, Debbie, that is the deck that just jumped out at me. And let's see what that might mean for you. I haven't played with these in a bit. So let me give them a good stirring up, if you will. And Vanita, I see your request. And Mimi, I see yours. And Tom, so hopefully the four of you I can get to. Debbie. 
<laughs> Jolie says, I think this entire podcast is describing my life. <gasps> Ooh, Debbie, Vega, and Homing Beacon, card number 71, Vega of the future. Vega in the future. Now that looks vaguely like a, a, I'm not sure what that looks like. I thought it was a hummingbird at first, but I'm not sure what that picture is. Use your imagination. Vega, homing beacon, card 71, which is an eight. So we're speaking to power here. Let's take a look at what that might mean. 71 is, and these are a little bit longer reads. So bear with me here. Vega. In the ancient days, the Vagan mystics developed their practices as a way to always connect with the source or home, using them as a homing beacon. Eventually, they no longer needed spiritual technology or spiritual processes to make this connection. They felt the source within them at all times. You too have this ability deep within you. Learn to quiet the mind through breathing or meditation, and then just let go as you trust in your practice the feeling of connectedness to this source will grow and grow until it permeates every part of your life. If you need help, ask the ancient vegan mystics to assist you. Here's the commentary on the card for you. This time stream represents the vegan culture after they healed their greatest challenges as a young species. In the prism of Lyra cosmology, the vegans were the species who retained their memories and connections to the source the unfragmented aspect of creation most completely. Their system of mysticism is well known throughout the galactic family and has influenced countless civilizations, including Earth. This is because they have retained the energetic memory of the unified field of creation. This memory acts like a homing beacon, a proverbial light in the darkness that realigns them when they lose their way, like an ability to sense true north. While this trait is attributed to the vegans because of their spiritual commitment and their self-discipline, every species has this ability to remember the essence of creation and never lose its way. It is only when beings get distracted by physical reality that they believe they have gotten lost. If this card is in your reading, take a look at the, the surrounding cards and your life circumstances. The message may be that you need to go within and find your center once again. Find true north and trust it. The card could also be affirming that you are already strongly tapping into the skill, but most likely it is encouraging you to develop your natural ability to reconnect with your source, higher self, God, or whatever term you wish to use to denote the intelligent force in the universe that unifies us all. Wow. Go within, Debbie. Homing beacon. Go within. All right. Uh, after Debbie was... Vanita and Vanita, Vanita, I'm give, I'm going to pull out the Oracle of the Seven Energies. This is a deck by Colette Baron reed and whoa, don't dump them. Um, let's take a look at what this is for you. <laughs> Come on, that's funny because I kept wanting to call it vegan, not vegan but it's definitely vegan coming from the vegan system for you miss Vanita, body and soul card number five isn't that a beautiful card let me see if i can bring it in just a little bit body and soul i see the dragonfly there i see a lotus flower in there it's beautiful 
let's see what this card is about. And this is in the energy level of, whoops, the uh, earth. So card number five. And the key concepts in this particular card for you are taking care of yourself, seeing yourself as a complete package, body not separate from soul, centered in your sense of self, comfortable in your body, your authentic identity, and your physical health. Extreme self-care is called for when you receive this card. Answer truthfully, are you taking care of yourself? Your first choice may be to care for others before meeting your own needs. Check in with yourself. Are you experiencing HALT as an acronym? HALT, hunger, anger, loneliness, tiredness. This card is a signal that it's time to take a break from your current focus and get busy taking care of you because you are worthy of this care. This kind of is echoing that gate 50 that the moon is at today, by the way, Vanita. Uh, the gate 50, remember, was the gate of nurturing and nurturing oneself in order to have enough energy to nurture others. Okay, back to the card. What simple things require your attention so you can function optimally in your world and live your best life a day at a time? Another message that this card holds is about how you live with authenticity. Can you be at ease within yourself? You doing you with pride and self-worth? Remember, you are a soul that manifests through a body, a spiritual being having a human experience. And that means you are here on purpose, even if there are days when you wonder about that. There is an intentionality to your being here now, just the way you are. In this time in our collective story, you being here is important for you are a precious being with a purpose, even if it seems elusive some days. Just know that life loves you. That With that in mind, your job is to do your part to make your experience a healthy one. How you nourish your body, mind, and soul is directly related to how you experience your life. It's time to put yourself first. Then everything will fall beautifully into place. Beautiful message. I think that's good for all of us. Card number five, body and soul. All right. That was for you, Vanita. Um, let's see. Debbie says, thank you. Sounds like me lately and how I've been feeling. Sort of what my card said this morning. Love it. Love it. And that is a beautiful card, Vanita. My moon is in Scorpio. Perfect message for you then. Uh, okay. So after uh, da, 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 Mimi was next, I believe. Uh, Mimi would love a card. And Mimi, I'm going to draw you a galactic card. I'm going to go back to our galactic friends here. I'm not sure if we've drawn one like this for you before. But you always remind me of a galactic being anyway. You and Debbie both. Galactic beings. Of course, we're all galactic beings. Truth be told, right? Oh, that card flew. And it's seeing the one. Oh, it's an earth card, earth of the future. All right, Mimi, this should be good. It's card number 78. And it's called seeing the one. Love the eye in the middle, don't you? Earth. Okay. Uh, what did I do with the book? All right, 78. All right, Earth. After a long struggle, humanity achieves enlightenment. What does this mean? Humans no longer feel the need for conflict, and they put down their literal and metaphorical weapons. Through seeing clearly without judgment, we learn to perceive through the eyes of others and eventually realize that there is only one 
consciousness that sees through all eyes. Begin practicing this now. In meditation, ask yourself, who is the one who is the one seeing the one seated in meditation? As you connect with the seer, know it is only one being who is seeing, and this being spans the entire universe. Whoa. Commentary. The biggest challenge for the awakening of any planetary species is its ability to transcend polarity. As long as we continue to see reality in black and white terms, we continue to keep ourselves separate from the true consciousness that we are, the one all-abiding being in creation who sees through a myriad of eyes. The famous Bible quote from Matthew 6.22 says it best, If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be filled with light. That's the King James Version. It refers to the essential ability to see with one eye or to see from a unified perspective. This is the key to the awakening of earth as well as to personal ascension or transcendence. If you've pulled this card, you are being asked to sincerely begin the process of seeing with a single eye, to begin feeling the unity of creation in all things, even those you have previously labeled negative or those that are too frightening or painful to acknowledge. This is essential for your own personal transformation. It may seem like a daunting task to let your higher self and the wisdom of the universe guide you. This future has already been assured for Earth, but we have to take steps to make it so. For this card, look at the other cards in the spread. And that, for that, I would say, let's look at all the cards that have been pulled so far for people. Um, if there are many future time stream cards with awakening themes, it is most likely that you are already well on the path of making this change. And this card is a celebration. If there are many cards with themes about polarity, often in the past time stream, then it is a clear message regarding the next step of your spiritual work. Both cards were based in the future. And then we had one in the now. So we've got now and future seeing the one. Hmm. Maybe there's something in the picture here that can be played into your art. I don't know. Oh, that thing that I thought was a mustache or <laughs> two hands clasped together. So there you can see the details more clearly clasped over the heart and the all seeing eye. All right. So there you go. That's for you, Tom, 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 you were next. And then you wanted an animal card. I got the animals ready for you. Let's see what animal wants to come out and play. This is for Tom. Bat spirit. Rebirth is assured. Card number five as well. So we've had two cards with the five. And bat spirit. A rebirth is assured. And that's number five. So you got to go this way. And it was right side up. This deck has both a protection message and a, um, an empowerment message. So that spirit says, after something has run its course and died or been released, finished, surrendered, completed, or ended, there is a promise of a new beginning. Rebirth is assured just as night gives way to dawn and the bat emerges from the darkness of a womb-like cave. That spirit has come to remind you that this rebirth is a miraculous one for the very best elements of what you had to give up in the death of the old are still present in this new amazing life forming now. This is the miracle and the magic of rebirth in every aspect of your life, including the rebirth of faith in your ability to establish new and healthy relationships. 
Bat spirit reminds you that at present you are in unknown territory and may feel as if you are lost. However, you are called to trust that your intuition will be a reliable guide as you give birth to something new and unfamiliar. Bat spirit has listened in the darkness of night and has heard all your hopes and dreams, your fears and worries, and assures you that this new version of your dream, this move from darkness into light, from lost to found and death to rebirth, comes to fruition with love at its core. Bat spirit asks you to trust that what seems to have died is actually shape-shifting into something even more meaningful and wondrous than before. If you feel you are in the dark, know that come morning, all will be revealed and things will be in a new form that is right for you. That's a pretty cool card. That also makes me think about um, the sun this week at the gate 47, where the epiphany, the revelation is coming, right? So there you go. Bat, bat spirit. All right. I hope everybody's had a good morning, gotten lots of information and lots of good stuff here. Thank you so much for joining me and I wish you all a wonderful weekend. I will be back on Monday to share what's coming up for next week. And in the meantime, much love to all of you. Bye for now.